Welcome to the Dreamer's Way podcast. I'm your host, Ella Ryan. Think of this space is your weekly getaway here to ignite your passion, elevate your mindset, and empower you to design a life that truly reflects your dreams. From life hacks to success stories, mindset shifts to moments of pure motivation, the Dreamer's Way is your ultimate source for crafting a life filled with purpose, passion, and endless possibilities. Whether you're looking for some guidance, here for some inspo, or just looking to learn something new, I hope you find a little piece of you inside each episode. Ready to dive in? Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I'm so happy that you're here. This week, we had the privilege of chatting with Giselle over at the Cosmic Laundry, all things astrology and human design, literally probably two of my favorite things to explore endlessly. So if you're someone that's looking to learn a bit more about human design, specifically what the different energy types are, what their mission is, what their overarching energy type looks like. In astrology, we talked about some of the key components of someone's chart that may give you insights into certain aspects of your life. A little bit about the midheaven and looking for direction towards maybe feeling more purpose in your life. Very exciting. We really went everywhere with this episode. So if astrology and human design is something that you're interested in, you're going to love it. Giselle is a wealth of knowledge. I absolutely love following her on Instagram. She's the Cosmic Laundry. Just the way that she presents the information to her audience is so digestible. And we talk about that inside the episode. She really has a fantastic way of creating ways of teaching each modality in a very bite-sized and integrative action, a way that you can learn and then integrate if it feels good to you. And I love that that's a huge part of the way she delivers astrology and human design is if it feels good, lean into it. Like it's meant to be playful. It's meant to be fun. We don't need to take ourselves too seriously absolutely love her energy. And I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this episode. So please let me know what you think. I hope that you enjoy it. If this is something that you feel a friend could totally benefit from listening to, or would just absolutely love to listen to it on their next walk, please send it over to them. I would be forever grateful. And without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hi, Giselle. Thank you so much for being here. I'm obviously very excited to have you. Me too. I'm excited to be here. How are you? How's everything? I know you're calling in from Canada. It's a little bit chilly up there. It's very cold. Well, actually, it's warming up. Last week was really cold. I didn't leave my house for a week. Kind of cold, but it's starting to warm up. So it's good. It's better. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of jealous of that. Like every, I feel like, at least once or twice a year. I just want one week where I have no obligation to leave the house. I don't know if everyone can agree with something like that, but I'm such a homebody. That sounds like very ideal for me. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like I just posied up in front of my fireplace, read some books. Like it was actually really nice having a little snow week. Of course, like I work from home, so I still worked, but I didn't forced myself to work too hard. I didn't go to the gym. I ordered my groceries, got them delivered, like literally just cocooned. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So before we jump into like, I have a million questions in my head, of course, but we're not going to go through all of them. I would love it if you could share with the audience 
how you became the Cosmic Laundry. Like, where did your journey start with human design and astrology? Anything that you'd like to share with our audience? Yeah. So this is, I'm a manifesting generator. So our paths are always very chaotic and trying to explain how it all came together is sometimes hard. But I always knew in the back of my mind that I was going to be doing some type of work like this, some type of online work. I remember being in my undergrad studying psychology and social work and just kind of having this vision of me having a blog where I talked about relationships was my focus. I was like marriage and family. That was like my stream. And so I always had this vision of me having a blog talking about these things or like, you know, just different things. Things. And so it was just really interesting how it all turned out because I didn't know exactly that it would be this. And I definitely didn't think it would be astrology and human design. I thought I would be more in like the mental health kind of space. But essentially, like in 2017, I had a big spiritual awakening, for lack of a better word. I just realized that I was like, I'm 24 years old. I have achieved all the things that I set out to achieve. And I now what? It was like, what is the next step? And what do I actually want? And then I started studying astrology and human design for myself because I came across a podcast about it. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. And I've always been like a typology girl. Like I love Myers-Briggs. I love like anything that is about personality types. I just love it. So I dove back into studying astrology. I actually started studying it a little bit when I was 21. And then I looked at a birth chart and was like, that is the most confusing thing on the planet. I'm never learning this. It looked like math to me. (laughs) And I was like, this is not happening. But then at that point, I was like, ready. So I dove back in. I learned it very quickly, realized that I just had a I think my background in psychology really allowed me to pick it up easily because the archetypes of the Zodiac are really similar to most of the archetypes that we learn in psych. And then it just snowballed from there. Like I started doing readings for friends at my kitchen table for like $33. Like they'd come over for coffee and we would just go through their charts. And then word got out that I was doing these readings and then I just got busier and busier. And I also love creating content. Like that's Honestly, someday you'll see that I probably won't even be doing readings. I'll just be making content and finding a way to fully monetize that because I just love it. And so I was making a lot of content at that time just because I was interested in astrology, not because I was trying to become an astrologer per se. And then I started gaining a following and eventually had to decide between the two of, am I going to follow this traditional path of becoming a therapist or staying a therapist, or am I going to go my own way? And I, I chose to do this. So I love it. It's such, such a manifesting generator route. Like, yes, but it's so (laughs) fun to see how it progressed for you. Like how that nothing was really left out of your journey, that everything served its purpose, whether or not you were able to see it at the time, like everything kind of supports the next thing for you. 100%. I remember being like 20, 21, 22, and I'd be at home reading like, all of these business books and like learning business. And I remember my dad was visiting me and he's like, what are you doing? It's like Friday night. Why are you reading Tim Ferriss? Go out to the club. He's like, you don't even have a business. What are you doing? And I just had this like compulsion of, I feel like I need to learn these skills. And so it is like that manifesting generator process of like really trusting the journey and trusting whatever you're like focused in on and excited about because there is going to come a time when you need it, even if you just can't see that now. 
I love hearing you say that because I think yeah. it's so true and good for you. Good for 21 year old version of Giselle that was like, I don't know where, when this is going to apply, but like, it feels right right now. Cause I think we get, we're so hard on ourselves, right? We're like, yeah. I just, this is what I need to do. And this is all I need to focus on. It's hard for us to like stop and tune into what actually feels good and what we're drawn to and like roll with yeah. it, especially when it doesn't make quote unquote sense at that time. Right. So that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. I definitely, that's one thing I feel pretty blessed with. I, my parents always really let us be dreamers in that way and weren't like super sticklers with things. So I have always just been able to follow that impulse. I love that. I feel very fortunate to have a very similar story too. I remember my dad telling me at a young age, (laughs) You could be anything you want. You can be a fudge cookie. I just want you to be happy. (laughs) That's his word. And I remember being like, what? But now I'm like, he didn't, he wasn't worried about, he just wanted me to follow a path that felt authentic to me. And my mom was the same way. And I'm so, so grateful for that. Yeah. I think that's incredible. I love hearing that. For people that are like absolutely new to maybe the world of astrology and human design. It's so much to tackle. I don't think you guys realize how much we could cover in both. Can you give like a brief kind of overview of what astrology is, what human design is, and maybe some similarities and like how they work together? Yeah, how I blend them. Yeah, I think first, I I do think that this is going to be the future of astrology and human design is blending them. I know that right now a lot of people choose one and then they just follow that. But I think that the blend is really beautiful because the way that I see astrology is like, this is where we have the spiritual, the 5D, for lack of a better word. It's really where we get an understanding of your soul's journey. I would say that looking at your birth chart is similar to something like looking at your Akashic records. It's really, it doesn't go as deep as the records do, but it really is that map of like where your soul wants to go. So essentially when I'm working with someone's birth chart, I'm working with a snapshot of where all of the planets were at the time that that you were born. So everyone just thinks of their sun sign because it's the easiest one to guess if you know your birthday, but you can mostly predict what sun sign you have. But you have the Mercury sign and a Venus sign and a Jupiter sign and all of those things relate to different aspects of your psyche. So astrology is the map of your life. The thing about your birth chart too is that not everything in there is you. It's actually not all your personality. Some of it is like your spouse and your children and your upbringing. There's the whole map is laid out there. And so I really like that for the big why and for understanding. I think that especially when we're going through hard times in life, when we can understand why and we can start to build meaning around it, that's where astrology is really powerful. It gives you that sense of like, everything is okay as it is. I don't have to worry. I'm on the right path. Human design is more about the individual and it's more about you. Like your map isn't there, but it really is like the operating manual for like how you operate specifically. And so how do we take care of you, your body, your psyche, your energy so that you are like at in your best shape? And so human design uses the placement of the planets as well, but it's a more intricate system. So it uses where the planets were on the day that you were born, as well as where the planets were 88 days before you were born. So we have the conscious self and the unconscious self. And then it breaks down the 12 zodiacs into 64 different gates. Instead of having Jupiter in Libra, you'd have Jupiter in the 12th gate, right? And there's 64 of them. And then together, whether those gates connect in the chart, 
activate certain centers. And that's where you get your energy type and a lot of these different things from. So they're both very heavily based on the planets and very heavily influenced by the cosmos, but they operate a little bit different and we use them a little bit differently. Does that make sense? One million percent. I'm just imagining someone listening to this being like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. It's It's a a lot. lot. But like, before we hopped on this call, we were talking about breaking it into little pieces. Yeah. You recommend doing something like that? Yeah, because especially when we're, especially with human design. So there's this theory. We need to understand that with all of this stuff, this is all just theories too. I do not take anything too seriously, including astrology and human design. So there's this theory that it takes seven years from the first time you see your chart to decondition, right? And logistically, we live in a world that's always conditioning us. So I'm not sure that we ever fully are deconditioned. We're always doing that work. But in human design, especially, like it's not about sitting down and knowing all the details of your chart. You can know what gates you have activated and what your profile is and still not be like living in alignment or deconditioned because you're not actually implementing the work. And so I find it's much easier to pick one part of your design and go, okay, how do I align with this? How do I build my life around this? How do I experiment with this and play with this? And then when you feel like you've mastered that going on to the next thing, sometimes when we try to do too much change at once, we don't really know what's working. And then we also like our nervous systems get overwhelmed and we have like a nervous system collapse. So I do think it's beneficial and okay. Give yourself that seven years. That's a lot of time. You don't have to know everything all at the beginning. I love that. Love that because it's so true. And I think that applies to anything you do right in life. If you try to do 15 habits starting Monday, your chances of actually seeing all 15 through, it's just, it's too much. So to take it little step-by-step bit by bit, do you have like an example of how doing something like this or taking an aspect of what either your astrology or human design has influenced your life? Do you mind sharing an example of that, like how you've implemented something? Yeah. So my whole life is different (laughs) and changed. Like I actually just hit the seven year mark last year. So I did a lot of thinking of, okay, do I feel like I'm deconditioned? Do I feel like different? And I feel like a 180- total different person than I was before. Even my sister and I were talking about this a couple nights ago and she was like, you're literally not the same person you were when you were 21. We were talking about back then and just some certain things. And I'm like, yeah, I feel very different. I feel closer to my childhood self. I feel very like me and her were like the same person. It was those middle years where we got lost in the sauce. So there have been a lot of things that I have implemented and changed and and done differently. I would say that probably one of the biggest has been really accepting the way that I'm meant to operate in terms of my energy of like, I don't do shit that I don't want to do. There's so much of that in my chart as a manifesting generator. I have the 1034 channel. Like I have a lot of energy that is very powerful if it's used properly. And so learning to not like people please or do things because I should or follow a certain path because that's the path that makes the most sense and learning how to follow what's exciting, what, you know, lights me up, learning how to really trust my own internal compass has made a huge difference. So I feel like my life right now, I have so much freedom and freedom that I I never would have thought I would have been able to have. 
I love hearing that. I, for me, it was a very similar experience, just learning my human design type, let alone every other aspect of my chart. The word that always comes up for me is I felt like I got this like permission and obviously you never need permission. Like you are free to become whoever it is that you want to become, but it was maybe validating is the word because I would read things and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been fighting myself for so long and trying to squeeze myself into a box that I thought was best fit for me that society had painted this picture of like, this is the route. This is what you guys got to do in order to feel X, Y, Z. And, you know, without even realizing it, I was like, this is not my thing. This is not my regular path. And coming across human design kind of like reaffirmed that for me. So I find that so interesting that it was similar for you. Yeah. And I feel like that is what happens. I don't feel like I ever tell anyone something that they don't already know about themselves. It's just giving yourself permission literally to be who you are and to understand that what I love about human design is it's the science of differentiation. So every single person, as they go on this healing journey or this spiritual journey, whatever you want to call it, will end up becoming more different, more and more different. And so I really like that human design and astrology too, but I really like that human design offers space for our differences. And even, I think even like the spiritual journey can be such a trap of if you're spiritual, you have to meditate at 5am and you have to do this and you have to do that. And human design really brings you back to like, no, you're meant to operate very different from everyone else. And so we need to figure out what that operating system is. Mm. Oh yeah. 100%. And I think that's, So I I was introduced to astrology first and then human design. And I feel like, like you said, human design is really more about the individual and Mm -hmm. exactly that, that you're operating, you could be the same energy type, but your gates could be what make you a different version of that projector or that manifester. And the way that your neighbor is doing something or your best friend, it might not be what works best for you. And that's okay. You're going to feel more flow if you do it in the way that's most aligned for you. I love that. Yes, exactly. Are there any specific, I know that the astrological birth charts are like so much information. Are there one, two or three points that you would naturally gravitate to looking at into someone's chart first? Like I know you mentioned sun sign is something that we Often, Mm -hmm. like most people know what their sun sign is, but there is so much more to it. Are there like a couple that you look at first that have maybe, let's say, a specific role in our lives or significance? Yeah. Yeah. I love this question. So this actually depends on what I'm working with the client through. So I have a lot of clients where we're doing like purpose work and and business. I do a lot of work with helping people create like a business that feels good for them. I'm really like, (laughs) I'm really big on like, why are we going from this corporate nine to five and then creating businesses where we still feel stressed out all the time because we're trying to follow someone else's model. So there's certain points I work with those clients. I also still have a lot of relationship clients, a lot of women that I work with who are working on just trusting in relationship and trusting in love and that kind of thing. So that's a different aspect. I would say that like whether I'm working with either of those things, I do tend to, maybe it's because of my therapy background and because I tend to just love to go deep. I do tend to gravitate towards working with the deeper aspects of the chart. I like to work with Chiron. I like to work with the fourth house. I like to work with Pluto. um, And I can explain what those represent and what they are. And I think a huge reason too that I like to work with these is I think that 
there are a lot of astrologers who aren't really equipped to work with them because they open such big wounds and such big parts of our story that if you don't have therapy training, you just probably shouldn't go there. And so I really like to work with those aspects as well as Venus. I love working with Venus and I love working with the goddess asteroids in the chart. So Chiron is the wounded healer. It speaks to where in our chart or in our life or in our psyche, we have these this deep sensitivity and this deep wounding. And it's usually the wound that we spend an entire lifetime trying to heal and fix. And eventually when we, I don't think you ever fully heal your Chiron wound, but you learn how to live with it. And then we teach others. So a lot of people who go into coaching, healing, any type of self-development work where they're working with other people, I'll work with their Chiron because that's you are then becoming the embodiment of Chiron. You're becoming like the healer. I like to work with the moon in the fourth house because, or the IC, because both of those points in the chart tell me about your childhood experiences and your upbringing. And therefore, some of the beliefs that you've been taught about what is possible for you and what's not possible for you. So if there's a block between you and getting where you want to be, oftentimes it's held within the stories that are there. And then I really love working with Venus because Venus is our ability to feel worthy and it's our value system and our it rules money and love and relationships and sensuality and beauty and all of those things that I just really adore and love. So I work with Venus a lot in people's charts and what's happening there and what the Venus story is and how we can work with that part of your chart just so that you can feel more worthy and more valuable and really like more magnetic too. Anytime you're doing manifestation work or confidence work, like Venus is a really great part of the chart to work with. So cool. There's so much to everyone's chart. It's just so interesting. And I love that you mentioned that you re- you're you naturally drawn to the more yeah deeper aspects of someone's chart and that your background supports you in doing that because mm-hmm. I'm a huge believer, whether or not we want to face it, we all have shadow work, right? And yes. I think when you can get to a place where you can look at it face to face or even just acknowledge it, you're getting there like one step at a time. I agree with you. I don't think that we're ever fully resolved of whatever it is that our Chiron has for us, but to be able to like dig deep, I think that's, I personally love that too. I love starting there because that's our foundation, right? It's like the roots of the tree. If we can start there, then everything else just it seems to flow a little bit yes. better. So I think that's so, so interesting. Yeah. that And that's funny that you say that. That's exactly like the language that I use of like your IC, especially is the roots. And then you have this point opposite the IC called the midheaven, which is where our soul is growing into. So for you, your midheaven and your north node are connected. They're both in Sagittarius and they're like side by side, kind of holding hands. And both of those speak to the growth that we're here to do in this lifetime. So your soul was very clear on we're doing Sagittarius energy. We're traveling, we're expanding, we're getting out of our comfort zone. I'm not surprised that you don't live in Canada anymore because you were not really meant to stay here. But some people have the midheaven is your external growth, the reputation you're building, the like 3D physical things that we can see. And then the north node is our internal growth and our soul's growth and our spiritual journey. And for a lot of people, they're in different signs. But for you, they're in the same sign. So your soul was just very knew what it wanted, for sure. It's so funny to hear you say that, because I was explaining to someone the story of my move. And whenever I've made like big, stark 
changes. That goes to my human design as well as a manifester. I act on urges. I am like, I don't know where it's coming from, but I'm like, I I have to do this. And people will be like trying to talk to me about it. And I'm like, there's no talking to me. Like this is happening. Yeah. That's so fascinating. I actually just listened to your episode on the mid heavens and I resonate with mine so much. And once I started to learn people, other people in my lives, like their midheaven, I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes sense. Or like, they need to lean into this because this is a gift that they like overlook or they just, what's the term? It's like your superpower is often something that you're, it's so second nature to you that you dismiss it because it's so, it comes so naturally to you. But I love that. I absolutely love that. Would you recommend somebody like looking into their midheaven if they're looking for maybe inspiration around purpose? Yes. Yeah. I think like the midheaven is a tricky part of the chart because it does require a bit of shadow work. Like you have to make peace with whatever is in the opposite point, which is your IC. So whenever I see someone who loves their midheaven, I'm like, okay, that's someone who's done a a certain amount of of work because often our midheaven feels, it feels foreign to us. It feels, okay, am I allowed to go there? It's, It's our growth potential. And so I think if you're really looking for a direction in life, your midheaven can really point you to like, okay, this road might feel scary and it might not be easy, but this is where your soul wants to go. So if you just start moving in that direction, even if it's really slowly, things will start to rearrange itself. That's so fascinating. And I love the language you used with human design. And I know they really balance each other out of that. It's an experiment. Like it's, you know, so touch it, feel it, move into it, see if it feels good. I think that once I understood that and I didn't take it so literal, it gave me the permission (laughs) to be like, Oh, this is, this is what my soul's here to do. I haven't done this. But let me give it a try and see how it feels. And most of the time I was like pleasantly surprised. And I'm like, wow, that felt so good. Or put me in a position of, I feel more me than I've ever felt. So I love that so much. Yeah. And in this same regard, are there certain pieces of someone's human design chart that you would recommend them looking at first without getting, oh my gosh, this is so much. Yeah, diving in. I think that it's really important to start with your energy type and your profile. And once you understand the energy type and with that, the strategy and authority. So if you listen to your strategy and authority, that's like, we all have a different mode of decision making. And the ironic thing is that we're all taught to make decisions with our mind, like with logic. Very few people carry the gift of logic for one. And very few people are actually here to make decisions mentally. So if you can figure out what, like what part of your body or your system you're meant to listen to in decision making and start following that, you'll eventually align with your chart without ever having to look at it. Like it's, that it's just designed that way. So I do think energy type strategy, authority, and profile, if you can start with those and then start building on from there, start learning the more nuanced, the gates and the centers and your incarnation cross and all of those different things. So fascinating. And do you mind like a super, I know there's so much, but like a super brief kind of description of each energy type that someone could fall under? 
Yep. So we have, there's five of them. I see it as five. Some human design teachers only talk about four because manifesting generators and generators are essentially the same. But the reason that I separate them is because they have different purposes. And I really like to look at what that is the why for why your soul chose that. So projectors are here to guide. They're like wise teachers. They tend to be late bloomers, although not always, but they really have this energy of they are here to do something big and they know that they're here to do something big. And ironically, they try to start doing something really big before they're ready sometimes. And then things just don't feel correct. So projectors are really here to manage others and to guide others. They're not here to be doing the like frontline work. They're actually here to be in the back end, not necessarily supporting, but sometimes researching. And, and that's where you do get into the, the minutia of it, depending on their profile and other things. But they are here. They're like our, our elders. Like when I think of projectors, I always think of like wise elder energy. And their energy type is the only one that goes into another person's aura. So when you're around them, you can feel it. It feels like this person is in my space a little bit, right? So that's where projectors often have to learn to be cognizant of that and be aware of the effect that they have on people and learn how to wait till people ask for their support and guidance because projectors can dive right in and tell everyone what to do with their lives. And that can be very confronting, right? So they're here to guide. Then we have manifestors, which is you. Manifestors have been at the top of the hierarchy or the totem pole for eons because you guys are so energetically powerful. You're energetic powerhouses. You're here to bring new things onto the planet. And so for the the past millennia, you guys have been our guides. You've been our leaders. Projectors didn't start incarnating until Uranus was discovered in 1781. And so you guys are passing off that leadership baton to projectors because you guys never wanted to do that. You never wanted to be responsible for other people. You want to be fully free so that you can do what you want, when you want, how you want, and so that you don't have anything holding you back or chaining you back. So it's like that idea of the CEO that is, okay, I built the business. It's good to go. I'm out of here. That's the energy. And so manifestors are very powerful. I like to think that you guys have a direct line to God. If God needs something done now, it's like a, a manifestor that is going to be called upon. I yeah. get goosebumps hearing you say that because for yeah. the second half of 2023, I have a little chalkboard on my wall. And the quote was, oh, I don't even know what it is anymore. I've lost it. But it was essentially, let me be a conduit of good, love, feel good, inspiration, whatever the collective needs in a positive way, just use me. Let me be that. Whatever inspiration needs to come, I'm here. And it's so yeah. funny because every time I looked at that, I'm like, that just feels so right. That yes. it's like, I get to be that in between for whatever is going to be, is going to be able to serve the collective. I love that. I love hearing yes. that. That's so affirming. Yeah, that's like the perfect kind of affirmation for you guys. Have you ever seen, I don't know, this is like a super niche part of the internet, I'm sure. But have you ever seen that video of that guy at a music festival? I think it's like Shambhala or something like that. And no one's dancing. Everyone's just like laying on the grass and he gets up and starts dancing. And then it starts this giant dance party with 200 people and then he leaves. 
Have you seen that? No, but it sounds amazing. (laughs) It's like the most manifesto thing ever. He just gets up and people start looking at him and are, what's he doing? He's being weird. And then one person joins and another person joins and another person joins. And all of a sudden there's 200 people dancing. That is what manifestors do. They go first. And then once the energy can support itself, once it gets to a point where no one's looking at him to see if he's dancing anymore, then you guys can bow out. So you guys do need to have as much freedom as you can so that you can go where you need to go when you need to go. It's a very powerful energy. I can't stress it enough for anyone listening. Like it's human design and astrology have just been so affirming. I don't know how else to describe it because even my, my strategy to inform. Yeah. Even before I knew what my strategy was, my like tagline with my parents, with my partners, with my friends, with whoever was always can you just keep me informed? If what yeah. I feel informed, I'll keep you informed. Like my partner's always, do, is that necessary? Like, why do I need to know that? I'm like, this is what my day is going to look like here. I'm going to tell you. And then I'm going to go <laughs> off and just do whatever I need to do. Like, that's it's, so healthy. It's wild. It's, yeah. It makes me laugh though. Cause and, and now it's like, I've, he knows that's how I'm going to be. So without me having to say it, he's like, okay, tell me like, if let me know, let me know what the day. Yeah. Yes, I love that. That's and that's so important for manifestors to learn how to do. Yeah. It's hard, absolutely. Um, but yeah, very interesting. Yeah, it is hard. Yeah. So then after that, we have so we have the projectors which guide and lead. And then we had there are elders. We have the manifestors that are like fire starters, catalysts, very independent. Then we have reflectors, which are very rare. They're only 1% of the population. And they are here to reflect us back to ourselves. So they really show us who we're being. They show humanity how like sick or how healthy we are. And they thrive in healthy communities, healthy environments. They're also just like very wise. They're chameleons. They're the hardest one to pinpoint. If you meet someone and you're like, that person is exactly like me, they might be a reflector because they just morph to their environment. It's a very like intuitive psychic witchy energy, but they're highly sensitive. And their strategy, this sounds like a a bit crazy, but they literally are the only energy type that lives by the moon. Like they have to wait an entire moon cycle to make big decisions. And so it's a very intuitive energy, highly sensitive. And then we have the generator types. Yeah. Have you met a reflector? No, I'm just like, have you met a reflector before? I feel like I have. But I'm like, I don't want to be that person that asks for their birth time and right, yes. <laughs> like just yeah. met them. I'm like, oh, I'll wait a hot sec. Yeah, no, I have a couple of reflector clients and they are the most like, honestly, my sessions with them, I'm like, I feel like I'm tuning in with a fairy. They're so ethereal and so they're magic. They're, they're very magical people. I yeah, I love reflectors so much. Yeah. And then we have the generator types, which is 70% of the population. And generators often get frustrated when they hear that because everyone wants to be like special and unique and rare. But the thing is that we have 70% of the population being generators because the role that generators play is so essential. So we have two generator types. We have pure generators and we have manifesting generators. And so both types are here to bring energy onto the planet and here to bring joy, right? One of my sister's best friends, we bring her on almost every trip 
every like work event, I did a, a huge speaking event last summer and we only had a certain amount of people that we could bring as like our VIP. And we brought her, even though Chantel was like, well, I don't know what she's going to do. I was like, no, she's just going to here to keep the vibes high. She's just here to keep everyone happy because she is so, she has this bubbly infectious generator energy. And that's really what generators do. Like a healthy, happy generator is going to have such a positive ripple effect on the world. So with both generator types, I always say that they need to protect their joy because the joy is the thing that they're here to offer and to give. But where the difference is like pure generators are masters. They're master builders. They usually will find that will follow your bliss, find something you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life. Like that whole thing is very pure generator led. They're here to find the thing that they are very good at, that they really love and so that they can just keep building and building and building and, and master it eventually. So they become like artisans in that way. Manifesting generators are here to show people that the path doesn't have to be linear and that you actually like manifesting generators will usually create their own path and will blend a bunch of different things and also become masters in their own way in the sense that they'll blend so many different things that no one can do what they do the way that they do it. But they're not necessarily a master of one of those things, if that makes sense. They're a master of the combination of those things. Mm -hmm. So you'll see a lot of manifesting generators that are like a lawyer by day, a DJ by night. Like it's always (laughs) very chaotic and they've got a lot of things going on. But generators as a whole are here to, to be happy. That's like their biggest purpose. It's the best benefit they can bring to the world. I love hearing you say that they're just like, they bring the vibe because I immediately thought of one of my best friends who she's a pure generator and she is a vibe like, and she (laughs) just, joy is the word I would use to describe her. Like when she's feeling it, she is able to provide joy for everyone in the room. And I don't even think she realizes that because it's just so second nature and she's got the like energy and stamina to do that. And when yeah. she's really tapped into like something that's just making her really happy, it's it's effortless and it's so fun yes. to watch. Yes. And I would say I do think that is a pure generator quality. Manifesting generators have some of that manifester spirit. So we don't like to be the one that's bringing the vibe because it's like, what if I want to leave at 10 p.m.? I can't be the one that's bringing the vibe. Someone else has to be responsible for that because I might like Irish goodbye and dip out of here. There's a little bit more of that manifester spirit in manifesting generators. And so I do find like manifesting generators can bring a vibe, but not in the way that pure generators do. They just hold such a light. It's so interesting and so unique. And I love learning more and more about both modalities and then placing it or learning what the people in my close circle are. Cause then you see it play, you see it interact, you see how it like complements the people that they're surrounded by. I absolutely love watching it all unfold. Do you have any like unique or interesting or whatever story you'd like to share of like maybe a client you've had or someone that you were able to help implement whether a a component of their astrology or human design that made a a massive shift in their life or yeah, some sort of pivot. Yeah. I have so many of these, honestly, which is good now that I'm like, that's a good thing. But I think because I think my sister is actually the best example because I get to experience 
that shift in all areas and in all ways. It's not just us like hopping on a call and her being like, oh yeah, there's this change that has happened. I've gotten to literally see a shift in a change. And so, especially in our dynamic and how we work together. So she co-owns the Cosmic Laundry. She does a lot of the back end stuff and she's a projector. So we are could not be more different in how we operate, right? Wow. And her learning about being a projector and allowing herself to really slow down and to like hermit. She'll text me sometimes in the morning. Do not call me today. Today is not a, nope, not. And seeing her really embrace the way that she's meant to operate. And then also step into, because projectors just know things. Like they're very intuitive. They're very psychic. Everything in our business shifted when I started listening to her. For the most part. I still sometimes with my manifesting generator, there, there's some of that where I'm like, no, I'm going to do this my own way. But just seeing how different her life is and seeing how much happier she is when she's letting herself be a projector. And then also just watching her navigate that because the world is really not set up for projectors at all. So watching her navigate that in other areas of life and just really sticking to those boundaries of, nope, this is like the amount of work that I'm going to do today. And then the rest of the time, I'm going to allow myself to rest. And also, I'm only going to engage in relationships or situations where you honor me as a guide or you trust my authority or my wisdom. Just seeing the the shift in that has been really cool. And I do love, I love watching projectors go from hustling, burnout, crazy life where they're just, a burnt out projector is hard to be around. They're like bitter, they're angry, they're resentful. And watching them go from that to working half the amount of time that they were working before, making buttloads of money, having amazing sex with their partners, like whatever the thing is that they were trying to do, being able to do that in a like working smarter, not harder kind of way. I think like supporting projectors in that has been one of my favorite things because their burnout is so big and so felt. I have a lot of very close people in my life that are projectors And it's so interesting to me that you mentioned that they have the ability to like penetrate your aura. Yeah. From my understanding as a manifester, so I'm a manifester, my aura is closed and repelling. And Mm -hmm. I find it so interesting that you say that because I always feel projectors. It's not so much the MGs and the generators, maybe the reflectors. I don't know if I've come across one, but it's the projectors that I feel. And like they are at least it's shown to be very true in my life, like very just wise and very intuitive and very aware of the situation in like the bigger grand scheme of things. And it's so true. Like the world that we live in is so, especially like society now, it's very like hustle culture, nine to five, then five to nine. And the more you do, the more that when I see the projector honoring their cycle it's that's when I feel like the shift happens yeah the thing that's really cool about supporting projectors too is that they're meant to be successful so it's like the just watching them when they get onto that path and they start listening to themselves the opportunities that come for them is actually really crazy I know everyone talks about how quickly generators and manifesting generators have opportunities come to them but for us it's pretty small right? And for manifestors, you almost have to create your own opportunity. But for projectors and reflectors as well, the opportunities that come to them can be so magical, but they just have to be really in tune and really in alignment. So I think like 
The other types can almost get away with not knowing their design. Like you can bumble through life. I find that projectors really struggle if they don't understand this part of themselves, whether they understand it through just introspection and they've just accepted it or they understand it because of human design. Yeah. I've noticed that as a manifester as well. And even just watching my partners in MG, I have very close friends that are generators, projectors, watching how everyone interacts with the world in order to make moves in a direction that they want. I've found for myself, and this is something I practice since I've found that I'm a manifester is I practice initiating. I'm like, Hey, I, I have to just, I'm the one that has to like get this party started. Again, another part of human design yeah. that's very reaffirming. And again, an experiment, like you said, take it with a grain of salt. If it feels good at first, like for me, it did not feel good. I was like, I don't want to have say, to do bother like all these people. <laughs> I'm a, I know that one of my biggest crutches is I'm a very much a people pleaser. Yeah. And I, that's something that I'm going to have to work on indefinitely. I'm yes. aware of it. So initiating felt a bit foreign to me. I guess I do it. When it feels like very easy, it came easy. But in like bigger picture things, like for instance, with this podcast, like I have to reach out to people. I can't mm-hmm. just look at them, their profile and be like, okay, they're going to come to me. Like that's just not how yes. my energy works. So yeah. it's, it is, yeah, it, it was challenging when I first learned it. It's definitely something I'm working on. Like anyone, I've got a lot of conditioning around that, but. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I feel like that's a big thing with manifestors is like, y'all are so powerful when you just stop giving a fuck about what people think about you. But that's a really hard thing to do and a really hard thing to decondition. And a lot of manifestors, I don't know if this is true for you, but a lot of manifestors have childhood experiences where energetically, y'all are powerful like from infancy. And parents can feel that. And that's scary to have this like little baby being that you're responsible for and they're more powerful than you. Like that's a little scary. So a lot of parents try to squash that or make it smaller. And so there's this smallness pandemic within manifestors where like you guys are here to be big and you're here to be very audacious in who you are and to really show up fully. And yeah, you guys do tend to have to do a lot of work surrounding people pleasing and trying to stay small. I think you've got a lot of fire in your chart, which supports you in the bigness, but you also have a, your Mercury is in Pisces. So you're mentally like very soft, actually very feminine and artistic and creative and intuitive and sensitive. So I could see how that would be a struggle. And then you've got Mars and Cancer. So even like when you're initiating and acting, there's always like an emotional component too. But I think once you just crack down on, I am not here to necessarily be liked. It'll be this ironic thing where things will just really flow for you. All of that, just like, I'm nodding along because it's so incredibly true. And one Mm. of my big lessons or something I'm working towards in 2024 is you're not too much. I think I heard that a lot when I was younger, you're too, that's too much, or you need to pull back so that somebody else can take the limelight. And it's, I don't necessarily want the limelight, but I've had been in situations where it's just come to me, whether or not I've wanted it or not. And then I get uncomfortable because I feel like the people around me aren't getting that same attention and I want them to. And I am the most emotional person ever. Like I can't watch a a meme without crying. Like like just this morning, (laughs) it was like, I don't even know what the video, it was an older gentleman bringing ocean water to his wall and I was bawling. (laughs) So there's, yeah. yeah, there's so many parts of my chart that I'm just like, oh, that is so, so me. 
Yeah. Learning how to navigate it and being okay with every part is just, I guess, part of the process too. Yeah. Well, and I think also understanding as a manifester, like when someone says yes to you, say you initiate, okay, like how this happened with us, I totally missed your email. So I was so thankful when you messaged me again and you're like, hey, just checking in because a lot of people wouldn't do that. But I, what would have happened? Like petrified. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was so good. A lot of people, I'm a manifesting generator, so I miss emails all the time. I'm going to put this on public record. If I do not respond to an email, it is not because I'm ignoring you. I missed it. But I was so thankful that you did that because normally what would have happened is two months from now, I would have remembered 3 a.m. Like, oh yeah, I was supposed to do that podcast. And then I would have freaked out, (laughs) sent you a message like, I am so sorry. But when you, you know, message to follow up, I was like, oh, I'm so happy that she did that. Right. And that's the thing with manifestors is like when someone wants to be on the train that you're on, if someone wants to be going where you're going, once you've already initiated and asked them, it's okay to do those follow-ups and be like, just so you know, train's leaving at 10, get on or get off. Like you're allowed to do that. And it's needed and necessary, actually. I love it. It's all yeah. so affirming. I could listen to this. I could go on and on. Yeah, um, I know. Is there like a starting point mm-hmm. in either mm-hmm. astrology or human design that you would recommend someone recommend to somebody listening that might want to like look at their charts and then be like, what the F? The and I know you mentioned like a few points on each chart to look at first. Do you have a a website you'd recommend, maybe a resource, anything like that? Yeah. So I actually created something for this because what happened when I first started was I would have people who would book in for a reading six months after they already had one and be like, I've forgot everything. Can you tell me again? And it was just like continually, continuously happening. And I was like, this is not a good use of your financial resources or my time. So we need to figure something out. And so I created, I still do readings because I love the one-on-one, but I created something called my soul guide, which is a 80 to hundred page PDF where I put everything in there, like all of the basics. What house is your Mercury in and what sign is it in? What's your incarnation cross? What are your gates? What energy type are you? So you have a manual to go back to. And I made them really, I have a Libra midheaven. So beauty is like the most important thing to me. If I ever stop doing this, I will probably do like interior design or graphic design or something. So I made them, I wanted them to be like a beautiful, gorgeous, like coffee table book that you could just have out and you could flip through. So I think if you're ready to invest, and this is something that you're really excited about, that would be a good option. They're not that expensive. They're like 150 Canadian for the digital. But if you're like, okay, looking for a a free resource, then there are some websites that I really like. Astrology King has good info. Any book or website by Jan Spiller or Demetra George, those are great. And then I think also just finding astrologers that speak in the way that you enjoy and that you like and following their work, whether that's their Instagram or their Substack or their blog or whatever, because every astrologer has their own kind of way of talking about the cosmos. So I do think it's important to find the astrologer that's like the best fit for you. I love that because I was (laughs) looking at you as you're saying this and that's what drew me to you is I love your like approach to it. And I think, I can't remember, you made a post once about, I think we need to find this balance between the woo and some astrologers will take it like 
super high up into the cosmos and cool. If that's what you're into by all means, but that's what drew me specifically into you is I love your approach to it. And it's very much something that like everything you teach can be applied into your life and it's bite size and it's okay. This is our theme right now. We're focusing on the mid heavens, like one thing at a time because there's (laughs) so much and then giving you time to integrate and digest. And I think that's amazing advice for someone that's starting because there is so much out there and the soul guide. Are you kidding me? That sounds amazing. Like they're I just my want favorite have- thing. I'm like, so proud of them. I think in 2024, I think we're going to hire a team around them and start. Cause I just, they're so beautiful and so fun to create. And I just think like having something where you can refer back. Oh yeah, this is why I am the way that I am. Instead of having to go back and listen to a full recording is just, it's so helpful. And I'm all about being helpful. I have a Taurus Mercury. So my whole thing is like, what is the point of this if it is not helpful? Love that. Yeah. Yeah. And aesthetically pleasing. I think most people are drawn to aesthetic. I mean, maybe it's just us, but I'm like, the more aesthetically (laughs) pleasing, the better. Yeah, I agree. Very cool. Well, I'll put yeah. all of those resources, of course, Thank you. below in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. Is there any last little or one last transformative message you have for our listeners that are oh. teetering on the idea of going down the spiritual journey? Because it's, yeah. it's such a, it is a journey. It's, it's never ending. You're constantly growing, adapting, shedding. What would you leave them with? Something that I noticed causes like apprehension at the beginning of astrology or human design. And this was even the truth for me. Like when I started down this path, I've noticed that there's a lot of people who have this fear of going so far down that path that they kind of like lose themselves in the sense of like, I don't want to become this crazy woo hippie that lives in the middle of the woods and like never talks to anybody. Right. Or sometimes you see other people who are in the spiritual realm and they have gone maybe a little bit too far into maybe some like psychosis and some things like this. And so my belief and perception of the spiritual path is that it'll always make you more yourself, especially if you're staying grounded and you're listening to like grounded teachers and you're really like rooting back into who you are. And what I like about astrology and human design is that there's no one path of deconditioning or healing. It like ends up looking different for everybody. So you'll just become more and more yourself. And that's really important to understand. So you don't really have to be afraid of becoming something that you're not. You actually will just ideally become more of who you are. And then I think just bringing an element of play and curiosity and fun into these things. They do not have to be so heavy and so big. And so it can just be a fun, silly little way that you start to ask questions about who you are and get to know yourself better. It doesn't have to be such a big, grand thing. I love that. I think that's something that that's definitely a truth for me as well. I have gone through periods of my journey where I took it a little too seriously. And this is my experience to the point that I was a little too in the clouds. And like, I can recognize that exactly. And I can see that now. And I'm like, it's finding that like balance of taking it with a grain of salt. And I love that you said playfulness because it's meant to feel like good, right? If it's not feeling good, then... And I think that's applied to anything in life. If it's not feeling good, maybe readdress the, yeah, it's fine. If this is, feels good and it's inspiring you and things are flowing, then cool. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I love playfulness. That's a great word. Yes. Yeah. And I think that when we bring that into anything we do, it just makes 
it, a, it makes it easier to learn, but it also just makes it a lot more fun. Cool. Well, thank you so much. This has been like amazing. I'm just trying to soak it all up. I know there's so much. Just like your mind is probably spinning for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I'm so happy that you could make the time and I appreciate it because really my mission is to bring people like, I don't know if you see this in my profile. I'd actually be very curious to hear this from you. I want to be the expert in everything. But I know that I won't be. So I'm very, I feel very drawn to people that have found more or less a niche or an expertise. And when I'm excited about it and they're excited about it, I want everyone to be excited about it. So I'm like, I want to be able to like host people that are passionate about what they're doing. And hopefully someone listening, whether it's one person, a thousand can take like a little piece of inspiration from that. And like, that'll serve as a catalyst for them. So yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's definitely your Sagittarius midheaven. So like Sagittarius goes out and like gathers information or gathers people and then brings them together so that everyone can learn from each other. So that is definitely in alignment with your chart for sure. It just feels yeah. so good. So yeah. I'm really happy that you were able to come on. And I'm really that's excited true. for people to like follow you, learn more from you because you're always sharing. There's so much free resources on your Instagram. I feel like you're constantly putting out new content. Yes, because I love it. I get messages all the time from people that are like, how do you do this? And I'm like, I just really love it. So that's that's why. Yeah, and I love to teach new people and I love to work with new clients. And I just love supporting people on this path and in learning about themselves. So again, I'm just so thankful that you had me on. This was really fun. Thank you. It's a beautiful path that you have. I'm going to leave everything in the show notes. Is there anything I'm missing? I don't think so. Yeah, we'll plop it down there. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. And we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Dreamers Way podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please consider supporting the show by leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback truly means the world to us and it helps others discover the podcast too. Thanks again for tuning in. Your support keeps us going and we can't wait to have you back for more. Until next time, keep exploring, keep learning, and keep on dreaming.